Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roka Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav back once again as Chris is on his holly bobs away somewhere so you've got to suffer me for the second time in a week as we uh, as we look to preview some of the action going into the Easter weekend. And today I'm delighted to be joined by the EFL digital editor at Sky Sports, Simeon Golem. Hi Simeon. Hi Gav, how you doing mate, you well? I am very well, how are you? Yeah good, thank you for having me back, I really appreciate it, I really enjoyed no, it no. last time, so it's great to chat about Sunderland again with you guys. Yeah, yeah, you were you were on earlier in the season with Chris, I think it was November when you were on, mm. uh, things have changed quite a lot since then, in terms of how Sunderland's season has shaped up and how League One has shaped up, I think at that point uh, we were just on the back of a bad run of games where we lost to Rotherham and Sheffield and stuff which our fans will be more than aware of, that, that mm. proper low point in the season for us. But after that, things improved slightly and uh, you actually played a part in giving Lee Johnson the Manager of the Month award, which <laughs> <laughs> which came back yeah. to bite him on the backside and then he lost his job, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, I think last time I was on, it was very much uh, back Lee Johnson. He's a good manager. He'll get you to where you need to be eventually trust the process and then I think a couple of months later he was out the door so that pretty much shows what I know and it just shows how sort of volatile this industry can be can't it so well, uh, yeah it's a shame it didn't work out for him um I know it's it was the Bolton result that did it for him wasn't it eventually yeah. um which you can understand I I really liked the guy um I've interviewed him a few times I think he is genuinely a good manager but obviously he can have there was a reason he was called streakily he can have those um, sort of performances and those sort of results and those days where things don't quite sort of go according to plan, things can combust a little bit. It's a shame, but it is what it is. You've got Alex Neal now, sadly not in, probably not in the automatic promotion race anymore, but still plenty of play for the season and an exciting weekend coming up as well. So yeah, lots to look forward to. Mm, yeah, there's, there's, I saw a few Sunderland fans on social media after the game at the weekend getting their hopes up a little bit and saying, well, if we win every game from here now in the end of the season, you know, and they drop points, we can still get into the automatics. But yeah, that, that I think that's long gone. As someone from outside of the Sunderland bubble, how do you view that? Because Sunderland were top of the league um, at the turn of the year and looked like a, a, a real contender for the automatic promotion spots. And it, Obviously, things have, have gone the way they've gone, but we now find ourselves just inside of the playoffs. 
despite the fact that we've had a really, really good run under Alex Neal where we don't seem to be losing any ground, you know, we just we keep churning through and we keep picking up points. As somebody outside of Sunderland's bubble, then how how do you sort of assess where things have gone wrong in terms of where we find ourselves right now? I mean, I always felt like this season was a little bit of a, a reset for Sunderland in a lot of ways. It's a very different squad to what you've had before. There was always going to have to be a turnaround because obviously the longer you've spent in League One, the smaller the budget has to get, the sort of the more you have to turn things around. And it felt like it was a, a going to be that kind of a time where you had a, a very small squad for whatever reason. That was the decision at the start of the season to cut a lot of players out. You had a very young squad in a lot of parts, a lot of inexperience, mixed with some experience as well, but a lot of inexperience there, especially in terms of playing for Sunderland as much as anything else. So I always felt like it was going to be more of a difficult season then. I think obviously every you go into every season thinking Sunderland Football Club, sorry, Sunderland AFC, um, you should be in the top two fighting for automatic promotion when you look at the teams above you and look at who you are and where you've been. But in terms of just looking at the squads and the teams around you, it's just I always felt like it was going to be the kind of season where automatic promotion was not so much going to be a stretch, but it was never going to be any kind of procession of a season with when you just look at who's around you really. So playoffs is always going to be a bare minimum but potentially what was going to be the result of this season based on what you had at your disposal in many ways yeah yeah and what I'm, I'm just looking at the top of the table now and I think it's pretty much in Wigan's hand now to mm. to win the league I think they've they've got two games in hand on MK Don's three points ahead uh, Rotherham have tailed right off they're now six points behind Wigan it's interesting how that's going to shape up, isn't it? Because those three teams now, it's very much a case of who, who's got the bottle towards the end of the season. Is it MK Dons have just been outstanding since Liam Manning came in. Wigan have probably exceeded my expectations because I've seen Sunderland beat them twice this season. Wasn't mm. particularly impressed. And when when they had that big sort of backlog of fixtures earlier in the season where they were... They had a number of cancellations due to COVID. They they done really well in the in the FA Cup. They done really well in the EFL Trophy. So they had a lot of games to play. And I looked at that and I thought, I don't see how they're going to win enough games between now and the end of the season, given how much football they've got to play. But to their credit, they've they've done brilliant this season, haven't they? And it it's they they would be worthy winners at this stage, I think. Yeah, hundred percent. They they have been excellent. They've all season. They've considering the sort of the plight they've had the last couple of years to turn it around and go again so quickly is is been fairly remarkable. And that I imagine is something that a lot of Sunderland fans might look at and be like, how have they managed to sort of reset and do this again and get back and I mean we're assuming they're getting back into the championship and they've sort of managed to do it more quickly. But obviously every club is different, every ship is some ships are harder to steer and turn around than others. And that's just been the case with Sunderland, unfortunately. I mean, I think the the issue for maybe some Sunderland fans is you can kind of understand the likes of Wigan, Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday, Wickham being around there because they're all clubs that have been relegated more recently than Sunderland. Three relegated last season, for example. Rotherham tend to always bounce straight back. It's it's MK Dons and Plymouth that are probably the problem and the sort of the sticking point for a lot in terms of how are these lot above us in many ways. Plymouth have come from League Two more recently, MK Dons as well. And I mean, MK Dons have been exceptional this season. I interviewed again Liam Manning earlier in the season, and he is a very, very impressive character who they've sort of plucked out from the. It was he was in the Manchester City system, that sort of a New York sort of technical director type, and yeah, he's 
they've kind of come from nowhere. I don't think anyone was really expecting them to be this good, sort of mixing in with the size. I mean, you just, at the same time, have to just look at the size below Sunderland, Portsmouth, Ipswich, the likes of them not even in sort of really the consideration anymore. So, yeah, it's it's such a tough league now. There are teams in this league that are, should be in the Championship at the very least. Some should potentially be in the Premier League as well. So it was it was always going to be such a battle. When you look at the table as well, you think one of those three teams who I'm talking about going for the title, that one of them aren't going to finish inside the top two, which makes it a, a more interesting playoff campaign, doesn't it? When you look at mm. perhaps maybe Rotherham dropping into there if their form doesn't improve. Rotherham, who at one stage looked like the runaway leaders in the league, uh, perhaps going against ourselves maybe in the semi-finals. We've still got Rotherham to play as well in the league. But then you look just below Rotherham, Plymouth sitting on 78 points. At the start of the season, we're top, dropped off quite a bit. And then after the, their change in manager uh, around uh, Christmas time, they, they've been fantastic as well. But the one thing with Plymouth is they've got probably the hardest running of all the teams in the playoffs. So, but do, I've spoken to a couple of people and they they all seem to think that Plymouth are pretty much nailed on for a playoff spot. Would you would you agree? Do you think Plymouth are, are a shoe in? I think they've got enough about them to yeah. get over the line. I know there are the teams blowing the sort of games in hand and stuff, but I think they've got enough of a a little bit of a buffer there. Obviously, it depends. You, you never know if they lose both games over Easter weekend. I mean, I'm. I'm sure you're hoping they will for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, then you just you never know how quickly again, as you said, Rotherham. I interviewed Paul Warren a month ago or so, and at the time he was almost almost talking in terms of when they go up rather than if they go up. It wasn't in such stark terms, but normally managers in a certain position will dismiss anything immediately. But he was very kind of open to the possibility of promotion, shall we say? So I don't think he was quite expecting the situation they're in now where obviously they still have games in hand on MK Dons but it looks like they can't buy a win at the moment so you just yeah. you don't know how quickly these things can turn around but for yeah. my money I'd say Plymouth not necessarily in fourth but by hook or by crook will get to where will be in the top six because I mean they need to really really nosedive and also have the three sides below them to also have a, a pretty much almost perfect end to the season as well so I'd have mm. Plymouth there the top three I can't really call yet in terms of who I think the side that will drop out and be in the playoffs will be. But I think Plymouth are the one side now that are guaranteed to be in the top six, like yeah. in the playoffs. Uh, but as I said, I also said Backley Johnson, so what do I know? <laughs> I was going to say, you've got the kiss of death because I read that <laughs> interview with Paul Warren. You gave him manager of the month and then they've yeah. been pretty much terrible since then as well, haven't they? So <laughs> yeah. basically, uh, if, if, what we need you to do is just give manager of the month to whoever Sunderland end up playing in the playoffs. <laughs> It was That'd actually um, it was actually Stephen Schumacher who won it last <laughs> month, but I didn't do the interview, so I probably should have done for your guys' sake. I can only apologise for that. Well, and and they've <laughs> they've only won one of the last three, so very true. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the rest of the teams in the mix, then you've got if if, if we just say that that top four at the minute, the, those four teams will pretty much remain in around them four spots. Plymouth, I think, I, I, despite their running, I think you're right. I think it's going to take a bit of a it's going to take a bit of an effort from the teams below to to pull them out of that top six. So then you're looking at probably three teams going for two spots. Maybe we shouldn't discount Oxford too early, but we've got Chef Wed sitting fifth, played 41 um, with 73 points on the on the board, same as Sunderland and Wickham. We, all three teams are sitting on 73 
but Sheffield and Sund have played a game less than Wickham. And then obviously we beat Oxford at the weekend, which was a bit of a six-pointer because they're now four points behind Sunderland and we've played a game less. But it does look like it's going to be two from that four, doesn't it? I mean, I don't want you to um to do us any favours here because you're on a Sunderland podcast. But when you look at those four teams, do you think do you think there's any chance that there's anyone else going to really get into the race this late on? Is 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 it likely Ipswich could do a late rally? I don't think possibly they're possibly too far off, aren't they? Yeah, I think everyone below Oxford is is out of it now. It's just not realistic at this stage in terms of what would have to happen for them to get into the top six. Oxford, again, I think you probably put pay to their chances of the weekend as well. That was a massive win for you guys um, in terms of just trying to keep them at bay a little bit. And it looks like they've just hit a really bad patch at the wrong time. And it's hard to see, with, especially with you and Wednesday having a game in hand on them as well, how they're really going to... A lot will have to go right for them and a lot will have to go wrong for other teams for them to get into the top six, even though it's still kind of in touching distance. I, I think it will be the three. It will be two from the three. Yeah. Um, which two, I haven't quite decided yet, but it will be two from the three. I think Wednesday will be one of them. I'll say that. Um, the other two, it just depends on what happens over the weekend, really. You have to, I mean, you guys, Shrewsbury on Friday, that's absolutely massive. That has to be a must-win three points or things might start to look a bit more difficult. You don't want to be, even with games in hand or anything, you don't want to be on the outside looking at any point. You want points on the board more than anything else. So Yeah, let's let's look towards that set of games. And so you just mentioned Sunderland play Shrewsbury. Uh, Wickham have uh, ha- have Plymouth coming to Adams Park to which which is a game that's played at the same time as the Sunderland game, so that could be interesting because obviously Plymouth are doing quite well um, in terms of their league position. And then, other than that, M K Don's host Chef Wed. But what's interesting about that particular game is that it's a day later, so we play on Friday, Wickham play on Friday, and then Chef Wed have to wait until Saturday night before they play. Uh, that could be quite interesting, couldn't it? Depending on what happens on Friday, you, you look at it from one perspective. If Sunderland managed to get a win, if if Wickham managed to get a win, then all of the pressure is then placed on Chef Wed to go to an MK Don's side who are vying for a league title. Mm, it, I mean, but then the other the other side of the coin is is you know if if one of us picks up a bad result or both pick up a bad result, that gives Chef Wed an extra day to build some momentum and get themselves geared up for what is going to be a, a difficult game, regardless of what happens in our game. Yeah, as I said, they could be out of the top six by the time their game kicks off on Saturday night, which isn't an ideal situation for them to be in at all. It's the one time, I guess, you guys can thank the Sky Sports schedulers because they normally take an absolute <laughs> battering for every time they move games, particularly on Easter weekend. I'm sure the Sheffield <laughs> Wednesday fans aren't happy about it at all, though, so... Um, yeah, it's it's massive. The whole the next sort of those forty eight hours are absolutely massive in this race, and it obviously won't do anything mathematical, but it could do something very very sort of mental for the battle. If you can just get those points on the Friday, you're in such a good position. You've, you've got the easiest game at home. You just have to basically make sure you take advantage of the situation and mm. do all you can do, and then just sit back over the weekend and hope that it goes your way again after that. So, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at Shrewsbury's recent results and stuff, and they're, they're not a bad team. Like, I, I think this could actually be a bit of a banana skin for Sunderland. When you just look at the fact that it was only, what, three weeks ago that they battered Rotherham 3-0 hmm. at Rotherham. They've, um, they have they did lose to MK Dons at the start of the month, but Shrewsbury aren't a bad side. You just look at the players that they've got. The, you know, they've got one which we'll, we'll, our fans will be 
very familiar with in Tom Flanagan playing centre half. But they've got a decent team. They've got two decent strikers in Ryan Bowman, um, and Daniel Udo, who who I think is their top scorer this season. So it's not going to be plain sailing. I know you've said that we've probably got the easiest game, and I would agree. But as their their results recently against decent teams have shown, they're no mugs, are they, Shrewsbury? No, you're right. As I said, just to clarify, I didn't mean they've got... I said it's the easiest game, not an easy <laughs> game. But it's that point in the season where you want to be playing someone that doesn't have something really to play for. Yeah, you want. Totally I'm, true, I mean, yeah. short of obviously playing Kerr Alexandra, you want, at this point in the season, you want a home game against a side that don't have something that's going to maybe lift them that extra few percent to really go for it. Yeah. So that's, obviously, you don't want to be playing a a playoff rival. You don't want to be playing a side going for promotion. You don't want to be playing a side that suddenly realise that they might get relegated. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's very much a case of if you're going to handpick a fixture for this point in the season, that would be it. Despite the fact that, yeah, they have improved a lot as the season's gone on and they have got threats about them, but you should have enough at home to get three points in a game like this. And it's the kind of game you need to win if you want to get to where you need to be as well. So Yeah, what do you think about that then in terms of Shrewsbury? They've got four games left. They've got nothing really to play for. If you look, I think Charlton are the nearest team above them. They've got four more points. Um, they're, they're nowhere near the relegation zone. Uh, you know, they 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 would they managed to secure three straight wins uh, at the end of last month, which basically secured their future in the league. So, mm. they they their last two games they've drawn one, they've lost one. Obviously, do you think the players maybe maybe think about the holidays already? <laughs> I mean, you'd have to ask them. It can go one of two ways. It can go, right, we're kind of done now. And as I said, I, I don't really believe in the whole proper on-the-beach cliche, but it's just the element of, do we really need to double-dig in here? Say if someone get an early goal, for example, do we? is there what is really in it for us? And that's not to write off any element of professionalism. It's just sort of natural to take... Well, you see all the time, for example, when teams like win the league and then suddenly they spend the last few weeks of the season half drunk and they can't do anything about <laughs> it and it's just it's just, it's a similar kind of thing I guess but then you could also argue the other side which I'm sure the more pessimistic some fans will be thinking in terms of it will free them up and give them that sort of freedom to play and express themselves that Sunderland currently don't have because Sunderland do have more to play for and if if for whatever reason Shrewsbury do get an early goal then Sunderland could tighten up and then you just never know what would happen so I'm I'm choosing yeah. to be an optimistic about it and say this is a good fixture for Sutherland in terms of who you want to play at this point in the season. For me, it's always a team with nothing to play for in terms of mm. the league table, if not pride in other things. Yeah, well, our last three home games, we've played Gillingham, who came... Uh, these, by the way, all three teams down the bottom end of the table. Gillingham came, put 10 men behind the ball, didn't mm. really come to play football. They knew that if they were going to get anything, they were going to have to try and frustrate us. We got a late winner. Crew did the exact same thing and we only won that game 2-0 but it was two late goals again um, and then Fleetwood we played Fleetwood at home and that was another game very similar where they, they came to frustrate us so one thing I would say is that teams of a similar ability to Shrewsbury have came to the stadium alight in the last month or so played exactly how I feel Shrewsbury might play when I look at I've looked at their statistics from their last clutch of games and they don't create very much they don't have many shots they don't keep the ball they're always very low down in the possession percentages they don't make many passes so I'm fully expecting Shrewsbury to come to the stadium alight put 10 behind the ball try and get a draw try and try and frustrate us and 
I guess the big take from Sunderland's perspective is that we've got we've got good experience recently of playing teams who set up like that and winning them as well. I mean, here I am, mate. I'm trying to put a positive spin on things for you against Shrewsbury, and you're just you're just trying to go the other way and say, "I'm what trying could to be all realistic." Go wrong? Yeah. I, know, I know, I completely understand why, but I honestly think, I think it should. I mean, it has to be three points with what's going on around you at the weekend, um, yeah. and I think it will be. It might not always be pretty, and I think there can be too much of an expectation for, um, sort of good football, three, four win, nil wins every week, but in a division. Historically, in the last few years, it's been one of the tightest leagues in terms of how sort of not dissimilar the quality is from sort of top to bottom in terms of... I mean, you don't get the same disparity you get necessarily in the championship where teams have just come down from the Premier League more recently, that kind of thing. So there will be a lot of close games. There will be a lot of battling, a lot of teams playing very different styles. But I just think... I think it will be three points on Friday. Yeah, Monday I, less sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I agree with you. I do think we're going to win the game. I just think it's going to be based on what I've seen recently. I think it's going to be a it's not going to be a walk in the park because one thing we've done since Alex Neil came in is just grind out games, and that's mm. not necessarily a bad thing. By the way, don't take that as a as a negative. To me, the whole time we've been in League One for these past four seasons, we've really struggled to to pick apart teams who just come yeah. here to frustrate us. And at least since Alex Neal's come in, we found a way to win those games. And that's a, that's a mark of a, a good team, I think. I don't know what you think, but it, it, it shows that we're, we're heading in the right direction. And I, I actually think the fact that we're grinding out results and keeping clean sheets bodes very well for if we do finish in the top six. Yeah, I think he's been um, more flexible than Lee Johnson. I think that's fair to say in terms of he's... Mm been more willing to make tweaks and I know that could have was always a frustration with Johnson at Sunderland and Bristol City and that's why things can sometimes or did sometimes go wrong under him uh Alex Neal has sort of he hasn't come in with a sort of a direct this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to do things it's been very much a I'm here halfway through the season I don't have a proper time to really put my ideas on the team when we're in the middle of a promotion race so we just need to get things over the line and then potentially worry about Things like philosophy in the summer, for example, when the the sun's out and hopefully you're back in the championship. Um, but it's 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 been very much that, and I think that's why they're having a lot of late wins because, as I said, teams come and sit back, and he's found ways to get you over the line in recent weeks, which is why you're back now in the position you are in in terms mm-hmm. of sat in the top six. Because, but it's never going to be pretty it's never going to be easy and to be honest where's the fun in that you want it to be I mean part part of you wants it to be a grind it has to it has to hurt doesn't it otherwise you can't reap the rewards at the end of it yeah well we're getting to celebrate a lot of late goals which Mm. is nice and and again you would rather the game was done and dusted early doors but at the same time there's nothing better than watching exactly your team score a late winner is there so uh but yeah you meant you touched on Monday what we looked slightly ahead of that then I think you're right in what you say about the fact we've probably got the pick of the fixtures from the three teams vying for those two spots uh, on on Friday, and and that makes it probably a must win because you then look to Monday, we have Wickham playing AFC Wimbledon who haven't won in twenty odd games, mm. and then obviously we we go to Plymouth which is a long old trip. It's on Sky. We never win on Sky. I don't. Th- Maybe that's just me. <laughs> it just feels like when we, whenever we're on Sky, we never win. I've heard then, that before. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then Chef Wed because of the the way the schedules work out. Chef Wed have to wait until Tuesday night 
before they play, and they're they're at home to crew who are already down. Yeah. So it and I will not discount Oxford totally. Oxford have got to play MK Dons on Tuesday night. So uh, hopefully by that point Oxford are well out of the race and and that's a formality for MK Dons and we don't have to worry about them. But it does look a little bit more difficult, doesn't it, for Sunderland to put it nicely that we have to go to Plymouth who who are right in the mix with us. Yeah, and we have we probably have to go there and win just to be sure that we're gonna stay in the race with looking at how Wickham have Wickham and Sheffield have basically got games where you would expect them to win. Yeah, I mean, if I was a Sunderland fan, I would probably, if someone offered me four points from six this weekend, I'd probably say, yeah, it will keep you waiting. I mean, obviously, six yeah. from six would be ideal, but in terms of would I accept four from six points now, I'd probably say yes. Beat Shrewsbury, get a point at Plymouth, and then crack on into the next week. I think that would be a very, very good result. Because, mm. I mean, I feel like one way or another, it's going to go down to the final day of the season. Yeah. Cambridge at home, looking a bit further ahead, Cambridge at home is must win again, obviously, in terms of... Cambridge, again, another good side, consolidated very well in League One this season. But again, it's another team in that Shrewsbury bracket of they don't have much to play for left this season. It's the kind of game you need to turn up and win. And they do try and play a bit more football than the likes of Shrewsbury do. So it might play into your hands a little bit, that one. it's I'm sure you'll everyone listening will be more aware it's those two last games of the season that are, are a little bit terrifying in terms of the teams you're playing and where they are and what they might have to fight for because you can guarantee if Morecambe are in the bottom four or in the relegation fight and Sunderland are need a win to get into the top six last day of the season that game will be on Sky as well hmm. and then you just never know it's just amazing how quickly the season has gone and how close we are to the end of yeah. it it's, it's the end of it it's two and a half weeks away isn't it blimey it's flown by yeah I was looking at Plymouth's um, Plymouth results and they're, they're just a machine at home Mm. They don't. They don't tend to lose very often. I think they haven't conceded at home since they lost to Rotherham in February. Yeah. But even looking past that, it's basically clean sheets and wins most of the season at home for Plymouth. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for us. I think if you if you take into account how good they are at home, the fact they probably only really need another win to to put themselves into the playoffs, it could be tough for us. But at the same time. Um, if you if you look at the games which are being played, if I if I skip back a little bit, if we go to Friday, uh, Plymouth play Wickham. If they win that game, maybe it takes the pressure off a little bit. I don't know. I I, I don't know how these things work mentally. I, I guess when a manager is trying to gear his squad up for promotion, they can't afford to take the foot off the gas at any point really. But yeah. Plymouth's last few results haven't been great, so it'll be interesting to see what shape they go into this game in. The Easter weekends, it's an interesting one because obviously you have the Friday-Monday aspect of it, which makes it feel like a proper double header. Yeah. But then it's kind of the same spacing as when you play Saturday-Tuesday night, which is quite a regular thing for EFL sides. Yeah. But it's just, it's the way it's Friday-Monday feels like it's a proper, like, it's almost like it feels like the two games are connected to each other in a very strange way. It's like you're looking <laughs> at it as a very proper, in a way you don't the rest of the season, really, in terms of a fixture list. But this feels like, it always feels like a very kind of, important weekend in the season because of when it is where it is and you always get you, you don't know what's going to happen on Friday and how much that can impact what happens on Monday so mm. it's just it's it's fascinating to play out it's, and you obviously you want to look ahead and think oh we'll win this we'll draw this we'll win this but it's just you you do I know it's a cliche that managers say to me all the time and it annoys me but I'm going to use it as well you do have to just take it one game at a time and just not get too caught up in what might happen in three or four games and where you could be. Because I can guarantee it won't, nothing will play out the way you think it will. Because um, <laughs> if it did, we'd all be a lot richer because we'd all be winning a lot of money in the bookies. So, um, yeah. 
<laughs> it's just it's um it's you just it just got to kind of take it as it comes and just hope for the best really and just worry about Friday f- at first and then take it from there but I mean you, you can't if you because if you then start thinking too much about Monday then you take the eye off the ball on Friday and then suddenly if you do drop points down to Shrewsbury then that is real real pressure going to Plymouth and that's the last thing you want you want to go there off the back of a win at the very least so yeah it's Let's just say the table remains as it is. I don't know, it might not, but let's just say that's the top six mm. going into the final week of the season and the playoff spots are occupied by Rotherham, Plymouth, Sheffield and Sunderland. Putting your uh, your your foresight glasses on there and looking ahead uh, as well as you can, What do you? how do you see it playing out, this this sort of end of the season then? I mean, it's going to be... Di- it's difficult, isn't it, to predict because it's such a lottery... Mm. But those are four decent teams, and it's it's going to be interesting. I think I think it would work. I wouldn't it? if it stayed as is. Rotherham would play Sunderland, Plymouth would play Sheffield over two legs. Yeah, if it was me, I would rather avoid Rotherham than the other two because right. I just think okay. I just feel like I know it's it's so easy to look at form and momentum and stuff, but they have a good side and they've been there before. They've done it before. They won at Wembley a week and a half ago from an almost impossible position. I think they equalised very, very late on against Sutton yeah. and beat them in the final. So just in terms of that and in terms of what they have done in the past and what they know they can do, they're the side I would like to avoid in the playoffs if I was Sunderland. I would be more comfortable. I know Plymouth are very good at home, but in terms of then bringing them, either getting a decent result of them against home over two legs, I'd be more comfortable playing against them. Wednesday, just again, that's, I mean, they're all they're all good sides. Aren't they? It's quite, it's quite. I mean, I feel like I've talked myself out of all three of them now in terms of all in the face. But I, I think Rotherham are the side I would want to face. But to be honest, I wouldn't really want to play any of them. Yeah, well, Rotherham have that thing in them where they just seem to find a way to get promoted every time they're in League yeah. One. Um, but Plymouth, Chef Wed, and Sunderland are all well supported teams and. That plays a big part when it comes to the two mm. legs, doesn't it? You know, Chef Wed are like us. They've got a big home support. They travel well. Importantly, Chef Wed have a have a really good squad. I feel like out of the th- out of the four teams, they're the most like us in terms of depth because they dropped down out of the championship. They were probably a little bit unlucky, weren't they? When they they got a points deduction, which killed off their season. So they they came mm. into this league with a fair few players who are probably above the standard that they find themselves at. Yeah, hundred percent, and and that makes it again more interesting going to the into the playoffs because those big players, you like see your Barry Bannons, your Lee Gregories, they they can then come to the fore and and uh, be game winners in the same way that perhaps Ross Stewart, Alex Pritchard, Patrick Roberts can for Sunderland. So I I wouldn't want to be putting any money down on on it yet. I think it's going to be difficult to try and work it out. To be honest, if I was Sunderland, I'd probably want to play Wickham in the playoffs. And that's not to disparage Wickham at all. It's just in terms of out of those sides who I'd be most comfortable playing against, probably them. But then that would require you both getting into the playoffs first. So it's yeah. it's they're probably your least likely option at the moment, just in terms of where you both are in the league. Yeah, but there's, just, a, there's, a, bit, there's a bit of needle there between the two teams as well. We, uh, yes. We've had a few battles down the years where players have been sent off and their players have said things and our players have said things. So... That would be that would be interesting. That would probably be the most interesting tie if it somehow threw its wheel. But yeah, thanks, Simeon. Thank you very much for joining us, mate. I really appreciate it. I hope that um come the next time people hear my voice on this podcast, I'm talking about a couple of Sunderland wins because 
it's going to be tough. I think one thing we've probably banged home on this podcast is that it's incredibly difficult to try and predict what's going to happen. There's still, even despite you look at it and think, well, we've only got five games left, that's still a lot of football to be played and anything can happen, you know. We mm. could we could have a if if there's one team who could balls this up, it's us. <laughs> so what that that is why we are incredibly cautious about our chances. But I think I'm quietly confident that we've got just about enough to finish in that top two. Um and I feel <laughs> as though I feel as though that what Alex Neal has done in addressing the, the poor defence and addressing the fact that teams seem to come to Sunderland and treat us a little bit differently and play in a certain way at the stadium of light. I think he's done a brilliant job in turning that around in such a short space of time with a squad which I believe is probably the deepest in the league. It might not be the best eleven. it might not be the, the team that functions the best, but in terms of the depth he's got, it's to me the best squad in the league and that has shown in recent games where he's made substitutes that have made an impact and fingers crossed fingers crossed that that bodes well for the for the rest of the season but yeah thank you very much for joining us mate i hope that uh i hope that you uh have been able to provide our listeners with some clarity on what's going on i hope so too i've been able to provide a little bit of positivity and an outside perspective (laughs) and hopefully three points on friday so you can at least enjoy a rare calm saturday during the football season and then start panicking again on Sunday ahead of Monday. So, <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, for the listeners, thank you for joining us. We've got plenty coming up on rotorreport.com in terms of coverage around the game, so don't forget to check that out. Uh, I think we'll have a reaction pod from the pub with Ant and the lads uh, Friday because, of course, we play a day earlier than we normally do, so they'll be in the Hilton probably on Friday to record that. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you later. Fingers crossed something to get the job done. Cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.